John, do we need to start our uh, local recordings here? Oh, yeah. So, guys, why don't you start up your local recordings? Yep. Uh, if you do you want to clap me. or anything, John? Hold on. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do like the <laughs> three, two, one. Yeah. Record and then we'll do some claps. Is that what you guys do? Do you guys clap or do you just go off Zencaster? To be honest, we we've in recent months we we've relied on Zencaster. Um, yeah, but it's a bit of a comfort blanket. That's just the case with Jeff and myself. We've just done Zencaster, but anytime we have guests, almost every time we have guests, it seems like Zencaster fools us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it messes about. So mm. it, anytime we have guests, we always do the local recordings. <laughs> you know, you know. Sorry, you know we did it, guys, right? And and they, we we do need to do this. It's about we did it, right? And something happened, Dave's end, and he lost his recording. So Dave oh. sat in his bedroom and was listening yeah. to me talking, trying to fill in what he'd said with like false laughs and everything. And then we lost the whole record. Dave, right? We went, Chris, I can't fucking do it. We're going to have to record yeah. again. And we were like, fuck me. Honestly, I, I tried it for about, oh, I, I was going at it for about 30 to 40 minutes. That's amazing. And then with no prompting at all, Chris just starts absolutely pissing himself. And I'm like... <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got, I don't I've know got no jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I said because it was a proper like belly laugh. So it wasn't just like a little polite, kind of, oh, yeah, good one. And I was like, oh, I've got nothing. And then I, I, I was getting quite pissed off. I, what, oh. By the time I rang you up, Chris, I was like, I've, I've fucking got no jokes. I've got nothing. We've got to fucking do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have loved to see that you're just trying to fill in all the gaps yeah. on, on my own, like in my fucking house, like just fucking. Oh. Yeah. So after that, I should have probably insisted on the local recordings, but yeah. luckily that was the only time Zencaster let us down. But okay, I've got I've so got we'll, Gary's we'll band go, ready okay, to we'll go. go. We'll go locally. Then. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to? Um, <laughs> recording if you do locally. a clap, it'll it'll make it easier for editing, won't it? Okay, we'll do it twice. We'll do it twice just for <laughs> posterity. Right. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> it always sounds so It always sounds out of sync. Because there's a delay. It yes. always sounds out of sync. All right, one more time, Jeff. All right, three, two, one. Just kidding. <laughs> See, at this point, someone should say, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this bike confiscating shit. <laughs> hey, we've not started Predator 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's the connection. I say that every time, too. Danny Glover. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And before we dive into this week's Minute, Minute 89, we have a couple of special guests from, well, a lot of different podcasts, but I mostly know them from Comics in Motion, and we'll dive into all sorts of podcasts where you can find them. But we have on the show Dave Horrocks and Chris Phelps. 
Hey thanks, guys. guys, thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm just so excited. Um, I was looking back at our Twitter conversation, Dave and Chris, and we started talking about a year ago about you being on the podcast. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, is it that long ago? I, I, yeah. I can't remember. So, oh, crikey. It you've just took a global a pandemic time. for us to all get together. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, guys, you've brought us in at a brilliant moment. I mean, every single minute has been packed full of you know action and whatever, but now it's crunch time, isn't it? So we're on minute 89, and I can't wait to get into this with you guys. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll get into all the details, but the, the confrontation really begins here in earnest. Yeah, but before we begin discussing the minute, um, guys, I'd love to hear any background you have on um, your history with Predator. Do you want to go first, Chris? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, <clears throat> I, I've said it a few times on our show, guys, that I was literally horse-whipped to watch Arnie movies because my cousin uh, got into bodybuilding. He was about four years old, and he then forced me into sort of going to the gym when I was like mid-90s. I was like 15, 16. But the Arnie movies, he had like a collection of them all on VHS towards the end of like the late 80s, early 90s. And I remember having to sit there and watch like Terminator, Running Man, which is literally up there as one of my top three Arnie movies, Running Man, uh, Raw Deal, you know, Red Heat, stuff like that. And then Predator. Now, Predator wasn't always one of my go-to Arnie films. It was always like Terminator, Running Man, things like that. Um, But iconic moments in it. And my cousin always used to do the fucking... Dutch, and I always call. I know it's not called Apollo Creed, but Carl Weathers. You know the 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 one that gets played over and over. The, the you know um, the handshake thing with the muscles. Oh, the you mean Dylan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dylan, yeah. Dylan, Dylan. Yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that where it is. But, um, that, that bit. You put in too many pencils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that one. And and I think it was. It's like synonymous. Arnie's just synonymous with me. That for. He's movies. I just love him. He's a walking cliche, but he's just the best. <laughs> he's just the best. So I have nothing but good things to say about Mr. Schwarzenegger. Oh, I think yeah. for me, I think, you know, uh, my first action hero, I think, was Stallone and, you know, a couple of my uncles. So so I grew up pretty much, I, I was born in the 70s, but, you know, pretty much grew up in the 80s and a few of my uncles, like, did boxing. So it was a staple to watch all the Rocky movies. So he was the first action hero I, I remember. Remember, but I remember that 82 Conan, you know, Conan hmm. the Barbarian. And this guy was just like a, a, a specimen that I'd just never seen before. I mean, this was a, a few years, I think, even before He-Man came out. But Arnie was that living, breathing, you know, uh, just bag of muscles. And, and so I was just <laughs> sort of fascinated by him from there. But he was always kind of playing that um role where he didn't really say much you know for good reason you know especially in that early conan where he's kind of mostly going like "Ah, uh, you know (laughs) rather than actually speaking any dialogue but you know and then you saw him through terminator and everything and the thing that was fascinating about um well actually commando i love absolutely love commando you know the old john matrix but predator it seemed less cartoony, you know, less kind of actiony. It, it seemed yeah. really kind of 
visceral and and you know re- the stakes were really high you know especially when you you go into the the early part of the movie and they're discovering the guys they're all strung up skinned alive and what have you mm. and and i just remember you know watching this for the first time and i was thinking holy shit you know this is different <laughs> gravy you know this is <laughs> this is not like this the stakes are high for this one and you know i just absolutely loved it and even looking back at it now i think the special effects okay some of them you know when he's uh, when predators kind of uh, doing a bit of uh, first aid on himself you know it doesn't hold up too well with the old rubber kind of gloves kind of thing but a lot of it stands up really well and so you know even though we honestly with with chris and i we go back and we watch a lot of old movies and uh, a lot of them do not stand up at all compared to how we remember them but you know what predator really does and it, it has to be up there it's at least in my top 10 of movies and and that's been you know vague I, I think it would probably be higher It'd probably be in my top five but um mm-hmm. yeah just absolutely love it guys do you yeah. uh, remember how old you were when you first saw predator it's something john and i talk about is people our age oftentimes see uh, or we saw r-rated movies probably younger than we were supposed to whether it was <laughs> vhs or or on cable um do you guys remember how old you were when you first saw predator did it kind of leave an imprint I think I was about 12, I think, about 1990, maybe 89, yeah. 90. I was, I'm mm-hmm. born 78, so it was around that time. And we, there was no restrictions in my family watching an R-rated, or in the UK they call it an 18, uh, age 18 or over. Um, I got, I, my dad actually bought me Lethal Weapon around about 1988 when I was fucking about less than I was nearly 10 years old because he wanted it and we, we didn't have a lot of money. So he was like... I'd say, well, I'm going to buy you this. And Beverly Hills Cop 1 as well. That was a 15. And I got both of them for my 10th birthday, whether I liked it or not. Coincidentally, I loved them because I've watched them hundreds and hundreds of times. And they're in my top, like, 10 without a doubt. But so there was no restrictions in my family at all. My dad had just made us watch any sort of violence like that. So it, there was no worry going to that. I watched it at my grandparents' house, this. There was no worry going there and someone putting an 18 on. we just sit there and watch it. Unless, obviously, there was sex scenes and everybody would grab a cushion and put it on your crotch or you'd have to sort of, like, <laughs> out the window or something as my grandparents were sat there. I never forget in Pulp Fiction when Zed was was doing his thing with Bruce Willis and um, uh, what's he called? Um, <laughs> Marcel Wallace. My Marcel Wallace. Yeah, and Marcel. My nan and granddad were there and my granddad went, right, it's going off. And I had to watch it the next morning on my own because it was like, not that bit. I didn't rewind that bit, by the way. I just mean I had to watch yeah. the film again because it was like, holy shit, literally. Oh no, what we got myself into? And they won't go any further. So, uh, so yeah, other than that, we were fine. We could you, watch anything. You're absolutely right, guys, though. I mean, us Gen Xers, we were exposed to so much shit that we should not have seen at no. all. You know, and, oh, and even so ignoring much. the fact that the PG... Uh, so in the UK, we had a PG rating, but then there was a PG-13 kind of... Well, actually, it was a 12, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think it was Gremlins that changed the game because mm. they didn't know, you know, is it an R rating or is it, you know, a PG? And so that's when they created this whole PG... 
thirteen thing. But even ignoring was it that, when they put the gremlin in the microwave and blew that shit yeah. up, <laughs> and the blender, and the blender. Yeah. Now, guys, when when we reviewed this for the VHS Strikes Back, I still maintain the gremlins were just kind of chill. They were just having a good time. I think it yeah. was all these vicious, bloody humans that were were. Like the the antagonizers, the antagonists in it all, but um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think um, I I do think we've all as Gen Xers, we've watched a bunch of shit that we really shouldn't have watched. But it made us the nerds we are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it does. So but I mean, I, I still I still blame fucking uh, Steven Spielberg for me not being able to enter the sea through through watching Jaws. I mean, how the fuck <laughs> right. Jaws? Was was possibly you know deemed a PG and fucking let's not even get into Poltergeist, you know? mm. <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. But yeah, even when the ratings were correct, I think our kind of uh, parents just were a bit more, I guess, a bit more liberal, weren't they? You know, in terms of yeah, it's, it's yeah. only a movie, isn't it? I think Don't so. You. Yeah, my parents are pretty loose, and you know we had you know HBO in my house, and and I would stay up late at night and just watch whatever was on HBO late at night, which was always something rated R. Um, and uh, is, that, yeah, is that, that a bit of an American Pie story coming there? Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't uh, bore you all with the details, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> involved a lot of socks <laughs> there's a lot of movies all- out there with Emmanuel in the title yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen all of them and the Red Shoe Diaries we, we've all been Red Shoe Diaries David Duchovny was in that the, the, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in Diana Jones <laughs> hey, hey! I'm the oldest of nine kids. It was a fucking outfall to get any free time. I'm telling you, you must have been like the Flash, Chris. <laughs> I think he was. He's, he's carried me on through the rest of my life. To be honest, today that's what Sam says. The Flash, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, John, uh, do you want to get us into this proper? Sure. Yeah. And um, after we talk the first part, guys, I'll probably give another question about favorite lines from the movie. So have that in the back of your head. Yep. Um, but yeah. So <clears throat> we're talking minute 89 this week on Predator Minute. Minute 89 opens with the camouflage Predator. Oh, actually, I'm doing this backwards. I'm sorry. I usually do the 89. So 89, I'm going to recap all that. Um, We're talking minute 89 of Predator this week. Uh, Minute 89, you could call the John Mackey. Mac. 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 Um, The Willie Davis, the Iron Mike Ditka. Uh, the Gino Marchetti, the Dave Robinson, the Steve Smith, the Doug Baldwin, the Guido Marilung. <laughs> then I threw a few extra notes about what the significance of 89 was. And I think we all have to agree that the most important number, 89, was, oh, the number of units of each color in the board game, Blockus or Focus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I preferred your uh, note here that 89 is a Fibonacci number. Yeah, a, you're, you're the mathematician. I, I got into that, yeah. 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 You, you know what, guys? I, I, 
I have to say, I, I saw your notes before the before the show, and I thought, you know what, Chris has fucking set me up here because You're damn right, I can see 19, it right now. Nineteen eighty nine has haunted me for my entire adult life. Right, so in two thousand twenty, we we've it's a we so Liverpool have just won the league again for the first time in thirty years. But in nineteen eighty nine, a young Dave had an unshakable belief that we were going to win the league, right? So we being Liverpool, and there was no way that Arsenal were going to come to Anfield and win 2-0. That's what they had to do. It was the most dramatic. It was Rocky Four. This was the... <laughs> there was nothing. This was, you know, Apollo Creed. He was coming to Russia. He had no chance. And, and at that time, we were Ivan, Dra- we were Ivan Drago. And um, <laughs> my, my bloody belief in the whole football system was unshakable. And we fucking lost 2-0 right in the dying seconds. And it has haunted me for my entire life since. So 1989 is a pivotal moment for me because we have been like so far ahead. And Chris, being a Man United fan, has reveled in the fact that we've gone so long without the league. We we have a brilliant friendship. We fucking love each other. But mm-hmm. when it comes to football, we, we can only sort of skirt over that because <laughs> you know, it, it, it can get a bit uh, fraught with danger. But honestly, mm. 1989 was a switch point for me because I knew what was going to happen with football back then. Post-1989, all changed. And, and I am the most pessimistic. So even if we are, you know, in the 90th minute, we're 3-0 up, I'm still like, oh, it could all go wrong from here. <laughs> I've seen it before. And it is all down to that one fucking game. And Michael mm. Thomas, and, and I met him as well. And, you know, I had to have a word with him as well. But he, he'd obviously, that wasn't the first time he heard it. But yeah, no, I, th- I thought, I saw that in your notes. And I'm like, oh, you bastards, Chris has put up to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but also the film is a great watch if anybody wants to watch it. It's available in all streaming services. It's Fuck just called you. 89. <laughs> what, Dave, what Dave has not said there, gentlemen, and all, for all your listeners, is um, probably the most famous football team in the world actually took over the range from Liverpool from about 1992 onwards and decimated <laughs> everything in front of him. So Dave's yeah. boys yeah. have just yeah. won something this year, finally, in the, uh, the league. But we will be back. Now, sunshine. Fine. Are you a Man U fan then, Chris? Is that what I'm picking up? Yeah, it's 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 Man. It's but listen, it's not Man U. You can't say Man U. It's Man United. Oh, because okay. in the UK they call us Man U most of the uh, opposing teams because they call us Manure, as in Manure Horse Manure. <laughs> So you can't say Man U. It's, it's Man United. So, uh, yes, the greatest football team in the world. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fun to I have. Mean, I mean, do you guys follow, you know, soccer at all? Or do you have, like, English teams that you follow? Oh, man. Like, Seattle is just – we're just lousy with soccer and soccer fans these days. Like, it really boomed here over the last 10, 15 years where you have – the MLS uh, team, the Sounders, mm-hmm. they just sell out every single match. They set all these attendance records. You have people in the know, like from little kids to adults uh, about what's going on in the premier league and like, you know, the Italy league and other leagues and world cup. And that's like, mm-hmm. just, they just live and breathe soccer, which is super cool because I, I think 
I, I think soccer is one of the more fun sports out there where you don't have to be colliding headfirst with people. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, and the only, I would say, Premier League action I was ever aware of was when, sorry, Chris, was when Manchester City won the league from Man U. For, sorry, from Man oh, United. Oh, that was glorious. <laughs> like, what is it? Glorious. In the Aguero, with the Aguero goal, right? 2012, yeah. I remember it well. I remember yeah, it well yeah. as well. <laughs> however, however, the year later, let me just get this. I've got to even the score here. <laughs> so, that, was, that was a low point in my career, that without a doubt. However... Um, I was in Las Vegas in 2013 for my wonderful wife's 40th and Manchester City were playing in the FA Cup. Sir Alex Ferguson, our manager, the greatest football manager ever. Sorry, David, I'm talking now. I don't even interrupt with your uh, managers. Um, they, he was retiring and I walked down into the sports book in the MGM Grand because I couldn't get this game onto the TV. And there was a lot of Manchester City fans and just as I walked down there, Wigan scored in, in extra time, in injury time. Mm. And I started jumping up and down and was getting friend because I was going absolutely mental. And then the next day we watched Sir Alex's retirement game and speech and there was about 10 of us all blubbing like little uh, kids because we were crying. <laughs> <laughs> it was devastating. But, so I did have my revenge the year later. But uh, yeah, it was a low point, guys, in the, without a doubt. So can we just get on with the show now anyway? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> when he retired, I, I was, when he retired, Chris, I was, I was blubbing tears of joy because David Moyes was just coming in but yeah I mean we should we should move on shouldn't we (laughs) sorry guys we we digress can I say one thing though guys as well about the 89 stuff I've seen the notes the greatest wrestler ever debuted Stone Cold Steve Austin my Mm all-time favorite Mm. one thing you've missed yeah thank you and one thing you did miss though you put the fall of Berlin Wall in there what you haven't said is the greatest showman ever played there to millions of people when the Berlin Wall came down. <laughs> the Hoff. And I can't believe that's not gone in there. He took Germany down. He divided the east and west side of Germany, that man with his leather pants and kit, and kit at the side of him going, are you there, Michael? You know, it's, it's like, come on, you missed it. <laughs> Sing, Michael. Sing, Michael. <laughs> Oh yeah, world world history right there. Jeff, did you have any eighty nine or nineteen eighty nine or eighty nine AD or BC talk? Oh God, no! I'm still stuck on eighty nine being a Fibonacci number. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> reaching for that sock. I yeah, know. I'm trying to think eighty. So my eighty nine, thinking about nineteen eighty nine, I was uh, nine years old, and mm-hmm. uh, my my dad took me to see uh, Batman. Uh, oh, of course. Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the theater that year, it was one of the, uh, you know, it was the first kind of real proper, like big superhero movie, you know, that really got hyped up. And uh, I remember just being mesmerized by that movie. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, there's, there's my 1989 story. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely remember seeing 89 or Batman 89 in theaters and all the hype that went around it. And you guys have definitely done an episode on it on Comics in Motion. We digress. We can talk a little bit more uh, our own. We can talk a little bit more about Comics in Motion and that network uh, after we talk the minutes. So, guys, let's dive into Minute 89 of Predator. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, but minute 89 uh, opens with the camouflage Predator crawling down a tree, and it ends with the Predator firing its laser cannon into the trees 
near Dutch. Yes. Mm. And so we're going to break this minute up into two parts. The first part will be about uh, 33 seconds long. We carry over from last minute. The mm. predator continues climbing down the tree uh, where Dutch has uh, had his perch. Uh, we cut to Dutch holding his bow and arrow in the tree. Cut back to the cloaked predator investigating the fire below the giant log. Then cut back and forth between Dutch preparing his bow and arrow and the predator on the log. Dutch then fires one of his special explosive arrows toward the predator, which explodes in the log right in front of him, causing the predator to scream and then decloak. And we'll end it right there, and we'll talk about the second half in a moment. But uh, this is kind of the first uh, the moment in after Dutch's preparation where the predator and Dutch really see each other and our confrontation begins in earnest. This is it. So guys, if uh, whatever stands out to you, um, yeah, you're the guest, so take it away. Uh, do you mind if I go first, Chris? Go for it, Dave. Uh, so I guess, you know, all that has led up to this point, you know, the predator is just this insurmountable, uh, you know, foe. We all know the, the this all started from Rocky Ford, didn't it? So how can you one-up, <laughs> you yes. know, uh, uh, Ivan Drago? Well, you've got to create an alien. But, mm-hmm. you know, we all know Arnie, and we fucking love him, and he, he's this fucking man mountain. And when he <laughs> discovers the whole thing that the Predator can't see him with the mud, and, you know, you get that kind of very first uh, Rambo, so the first blood, when he sets all his traps and stuff and he, he takes down all the coppers and uh, or coppers slash, you know, all the sheriffs and whatever. You're thinking, right, Predator, you've had your game now. You've taken out all the, the, the fodder. You know, you've taken out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, even Billy and, and whoever who looked like he'd put up a bit more of a fight you are now fuck sunshine you are done <laughs> because arnie is fucking coming from you and he's gonna take names and up until the halfway point of this minute that is what i'm thinking when i watch this for the first time i'm thinking right that's it now you know arnie, arnie's in all of his mud and you've had it sunshine so th- th- we'll get into the second half of the minute i'm sure but that is what i'm thinking <laughs> at the halfway point of this chris what what do you reckon yeah it's funny because you know what watching the whole movie and and obviously there's quite a lot of arnie quotes within this and and the way it's shot it's very clever and i think you're right it's totally different to what we've seen with arnie doing his bit the one thing i would say is arnie he does not fuck about. Once he blows up that branch and sort of gets the predator, the predator shoots back at him. He doesn't even flinch when the, when the, the zap comes back off the old uh, shoulder cannon. He doesn't even look. He just looks past at the trees just to say, is that all you fucking no, got? That's, that's the second half you... of the minute. We can't go there yet, oh. can we? That's the second half. We're supposed to be talking about the first half. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the first half. Just segue that in. I, I like the actual bow and arrow. <laughs> the bow and arrow, the, the actual arrow piece is fucking massive. Um, mm-hmm. And the 80s effects are fantastic. He, when he just slides down, he's got the full mud on and that. I'm still sceptical how he doesn't see him, even though he's got this on because of his heart and everything and his eyes as well. Yeah. But for some reason, yeah. putting mud on him is an absolute cloaking device, which <laughs> right. makes no sense <laughs> yeah. considering the whole movie is going off the infrared like body heat stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'll live with that. Um, but yeah, this is when Arnie's like, 
you know, if you want to fucking play, let's play. So, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I like the music as well. The music, the build-up, everything. It's like, oh, shit, he's getting real now, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of... They're having a little dick measuring contest right here, right? <laughs> you know, Arnie starts by whipping out his uh, his giant arrow that explodes. <laughs> and he fires it down there and the Predator's going to whip whip his out in a moment. But uh, I do love how they just have this initial standoff where he fires this arrow down there. He's like, fuck you. I'm just going to blow this shit up right in front of you. And then we'll talk in the second half, the Predator's retaliation. But um, I was, upon rewatching this, why does the Predator not get more injured by this explosion? Uh, (laughs) Right. You know, it happens (laughs) right in front of him. And like his whole cloaked body kind of turns orangish red. Uh, And I don't know if that's just from the the fire below, Uh, but it seems like this should have really injured him more than it did. He just sort of doubles over for a moment, but then stands up, decloaks and, and just starts firing away. So, um, I don't know. It, it basically did fuck all, did it? I mean, you know, yeah. essentially, th- this this is the moment where kind of Rocky smacks Ivan Drago and he thinks he's got a good punch in there, you know, in the first mm-hmm. fight. And it's like, yeah, that's done nothing, sunshine. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, le- I love the, the Drago parallel here because he did kill Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good one yeah, there, yeah. Dave. Yeah. I, I, I have a little theory. I know we haven't said it on the show, but and I'm not trying to do a plug, but we've just watched Missing in Action 2 and the grenades used <laughs> the in that thing. movie are literally within the proximity of like a meter of Chuck Norris and his crew and they don't even flinch when they've been set off around him. They just sit there and let these fucking grenades go off. So I've got a theory that Arnie was using the same military stuff left over from the Vietnam War uh, and that's why he's, he's pulled out the bag to try and have a go at the Predator because the, just the proximity, I know he's an alien, but the proximity stuff, it doesn't, it doesn't Get go with me. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's Even almost like. The, the, oh, go ahead, John. Oh, I was gonna say it's almost like the Predator himself is in his own superhero movie where he's been unstoppable so far, just killing these guys left and right. Even an explosion that would normally blow up a palapa and all the gorillas inside it, like <laughs> it doesn't do him any damage. Like, oh, that's just a scratch. It's time to whip out the big guy. <laughs> He almost Luke Skywalker, it did he in the um, was it uh, the Last Jedi when he does the old shoulder thing with Kylo Ren? Was yeah, it? Was oh, that off. would be so yeah. good. Oh, can you imagine Force that? Projection he just gives a, little, gives a little brush on his shoulder. Yeah. Is that what you fucking got? Go on, you fuck now, son. Go on. Oh. <laughs> Jeff, what were you going to say? I, I was just, uh, you know, when we watched these minutes over and over again, I noticed these little details that I maybe wouldn't, but when when Arnie t- shoots the, the arrow out of his bow, did anyone else feel like it, it kind of came out a little limp? Like it <laughs> yeah. comes out a little slow yeah. and looks Ste- like it's just... Steroids that. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in previous scenes, he shot that arrow right through the trunk of a tree. Yes. You know, and then here, it looks like it just sort of like falls, almost just falls off of his, his bow. I don't know. It's a little... But, but to be fair, you did say he was dick measuring. Maybe got a bit of um, yeah. you know, sh- sh- stage fright. Maybe yeah. like, holy shit. <laughs> is he's bigger. I fucking can't handle this. And it just fell off and flopped down. I mean, 
<laughs> a lot of pressure to perform when you've built these weapons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's I, I think it's interesting here to me just uh, from a kind of movie rules perspective um, in that he has the explosive arrow and he has like the regular arrows and this is the only arrow he fires. He's not constantly, you know, Robin hooding it up and just mm. twanging arrows towards him. It's an interesting take on like a Chekhov's gun or Chekhov's bow and arrow, I think. Yeah, he's just got that one. Yeah, leaves you kind of leaves you wanting and like I don't think you ever ever think about the bow and arrow from here on out, but um watching this minute over and over again, I think like he he doesn't fire that bow and arrow again throughout the movie. Right. They give a lot of screen time to him putting that thing together and, <laughs> yeah, and showing us how using the a bow flex work. in the jungle. Yeah, and then we get this one limp <laughs> arrow and then yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, not to come back to the soccer soccer analogy, but, you know, I remember being coached as a kid that, you know, if you play a great pass, don't just fucking stand there and watch it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to pass it and then you've got to be on the move straight away. So you're absolutely right. I'd, I'd never thought of that before, but he just, it, he does. It's as if that is his one lucky bow. You know, he's Hawkeye <laughs> or something and he's got to, you know, he's thinking this is it. I'm going to take him out now. And then uh, the Predator seems to have a lot of time, doesn't he, to kind of decloak and everything. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he should be just firing the shit out of those bows, shouldn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but in right. the same respect, it's a movie, Dave. So it's like when eight guys attack one person and they all stand <laughs> there one by one going in. You've got a bit of suspense. I suppose if he blew the Predator up and we'd roll the credits, we'd be like, oh, I'm fucking film. Right. But you're right. We're I getting agree. Back Chuck Norris again, aren't we? Yeah, I nearly <laughs> said Chuck Norris. When he said eight, pe- I said eight people, I thought, I can't bring Chuck Baby into it again. He's fucking getting too much airtime as it is. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I agree. I've just rewatched the um, the Droopy Dick uh, Arrow again, and you're absolutely <laughs> correct. It just flops off completely. Yeah. He's definitely not been to fucking get some Viagra because it's a terrible. The, the trajectory of the way it falls off to the way it lands is not the same at all. I feel like McTiernan, the director, was like, ah, it's fine, good enough. We don't have any more arrows. Okay, next one. <laughs> that was a, it was a real explosive arrow that actually exploded. Yeah. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, with all this uh, talk of limp arrows, uh, unless we have other things to <laughs> to add, uh, John, should we jump into the next uh, section here? Uh, sure. The last thing I'll add, and then I'm actually going to ask the, the guests a question here in a moment. Sure. But um, watching this minute over and over again, I feel like the thing the predator. It's 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 hard for me to envision the predator after all this movie. After all this has gone down, he's shown himself to be such a crafty hunter and being able to pick people off and um, escape traps. It's just interesting, interesting to me. He approaches what looks like to be a big package, like in the middle of this log that Dutch ends up firing at. And it's just a curious move for me. I, I makes me wonder about the motivation. Like why would the predator just approach this huge flame, possibly thinking that he has a crafty opponent opposing him. Yeah. It feels a little too easy. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so before, well, in the very early days of Comics in Motion, right? So, myself and Chris, we'd go through these movies 
and, and we get to this point, and and you guys are going through minute by minute. So you go, you are going in a much more forensic way than we we ever have. Right, we're, and, we're insane. And we yeah, <laughs> sometimes Chris would would say to me, "Why has he done that?" And I just have nothing. It's just like because <laughs> because the story dictates that. I mean, you've got this guy; he's he's an intel- intergalactic hunter. He is at the top of his game, and he basically walks right into the middle of a kill zone. You know, <laughs> it's like why would he do that? Well, of course he wouldn't actually do that, other than right. to give us a great scene. You know, and and uh, you know, it, it does set up the second minute quite well. But let's face it, you know. He wouldn't do that. He's too smart for that, you would have thought. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just to set up this, what happens in the second minute, I think. Um, well, before we jump into the second part of the minute, I would love to know if you guys have any favorite quotes from this movie. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you got, guys? Cause, you, know. <laughs> give it, you can give us a top two or three. Oh. Come on, Chris. Chris, go on. Come on. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I know the, the most obvious one is get to the chopper. But my favourite one is if it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That is just my favourite one in in the movie. That's all. That is Dave. Again, I'm sorry to the Rocky Four, but my favourite bit in Rocky Four is when Rocky actually chins and smacks uh, Ivan Drago in the second round, and he goes, the Russians cut! And then he gets in the corner, and Tony's cut man goes, uh, you see, see, he's not a machine, he's a man! You know, and he's like, you know, uh, and, he, and I love that scene, it gives me chills every time I watch it, I can watch uh-huh. it on YouTube on a loop, but that's what this is like. Get him hurt back! Yeah. Now he's worried! Cut it! You heard it! You see? You see, he's not a machine. He's a man. They've struggled against this sort of um, assassin that they cannot see. And then all of a sudden, he bleeds. And it's like, hang on a minute. We fucking can kill it. If it's bleed- that, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And that's where, from being the hunted, they become the hunters. If it bleeds, we can kill it. And that's mm. like where I think the film completely changes on the head. Very, it's a very much of a movie DNA moment because it's like people are running scared for most of the movie and then they go, fuck this, I'm going for it. <laughs> We're reviewing Scream 2 in, in, this week and I know there's a bit in Scream 2 with Sydney where she goes from being scared to thinking, fuck it, I'm just going to go for the killer. You know, and she changes her whole persona, but a bit like Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. She goes from being an absolute soft ass Sarah mm. Connor in the first one to being an absolute, you know, war machine and not, not really that scared wanting to tackle them head on. So, uh, yeah, I love stuff like that. I love stuff where the heroes are, are on the back foot and all of a sudden there's a moment that switches. So for me, that line is one of my, probably my favorite in the whole f- film. If it bleeds, we can kill it. And, nice. and we did uh, Jesse the Body as well, didn't we? He popped up in <laughs> nice uh, The Running Man. He, yeah. he had more of a leotard thing going on there, didn't he? <laughs> the old skin-tight lycra. But uh, that, that one about, yeah, I ain't got time to bleed. I ain't got time to bleed. It is such a great line. But, I mean, for me, the, the best one, and there are so many, like you say, at, at the end of our um credits we do have that one about get to the chopper but you know the, for me it's got to be you're one ugly motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> you're one ugly motherfucker not to spoil you know uh, a later minute but oh, it's such a great line oh, yeah. but there are so many you know arnie is basically 
a question to you guys. Has there been a better deliverer of one-liners than Arnie? Get to the chopper! No. Stick around. No, I don't think so. At least, at least no one that has made it each one so iconic. Give this people air. You know, yeah. how many how many movie stars or action stars can you think of that have that many lines that that people use in their daily life? Cocaine. Like the number of times that I say I'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, <laughs> just to my wife or whatever as she rolls her eyes at me. Get your ass to Moss. Is is, is crazy. Like Kona phrase. <laughs> he's he has so many uh, perfect one-liners that just caught on to pop culture. Let off some steam, Bennett. That uh, I don't know if anyone can touch that. Dylan, Dylan, you son of a bitch! What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils. You know, it's funny because my what my favorite Arnie movie is probably Pumping Iron, which isn't really a movie. It was a, <laughs> mock, it was a mockumentary, uh, really not a documentary. Mock because it was very Milk much led. Babies, milk is for babies. <laughs> when you grow up, you have to drink beer. Yeah, I was just about to say that milk is for babies. <laughs> and then when he says about um, how will you go when he's in Pretoria in South Africa for the Miss Olympia, and he says when he goes about Frank, he goes, uh, "I'm his father." I, I make him, uh, you know, I, and then about Lou Ferrigno, I wreck him up. I have one night where I wreck him up. But all this. Franco is pretty smart, but Franco is a child. And when it comes to the day of the contest, I'm his father. He comes to me for advices. <laughs> all stuff that if you're not into Arnie, as a, it, it would all be the cliche, I'll be back, all the stuff I've terminated, everything like that. But I just love stuff with Pumping Iron because it's so synonymous with his one-liners. And you're right, he's got, he's probably got 20 lines that people know pretty much. So that might, might be a stretch, but probably about half a dozen to 20 lines that you would go, that's Arnie. It's like you say, mm-hmm. I'll be back is the one over anything and gets to the chopper. They're the two main ones, without a doubt. I'll be back. Get to the chopper! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, should we get into the second part here? I'm excited for this. Let's do it. Okay, so we'll take the second part of the minute from about second 34 till the end. Uh, as soon as the Predator fully decloaks, we see his shoulder cannon aim upwards and fire into the jungle. And that first shot blows up right behind Dutch. He gets showered in sparks. The Predator continues to fire his cannon over and over, upward into the trees, uh, mostly in Dutch's vicinity, firing a total of eight shots before the minute comes to an end. And I have to say, uh, just on a personal note, this is one of my favorite scenes or sequences in this film. I, I think that when we get that wide shot and the kind of slow motion of all the sparks showering down, as the predator is standing on that log in silhouette, that's got to be one of my favorite shots in all of 80s action cinema. It's just so cool and so cinematic. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine being Dutch stuck in that jungle, just watching in awe of this creature that is clearly um, out. He's clearly outmatched in this particular moment. So I guess um, you're free to take it away if, if you like. Go on, Chris. I'm fucking, I'm sniggering. I've had to turn my mic off laughing. <laughs> I've just rewatched it as you're explaining it really well. Is 39 seconds in, we're talking about like dick measuring and people like falling <laughs> yeah. off a cliff and that. 
the cannon looks like a fucking dildo on his shoulder. If you look at it again, a very well endowed dildo, but it does look like one. And when he fires it up, oh the my only gosh, you're right. Sorry, it does, I'm sorry. <laughs> they would obviously try any sort of prop they could use. Um, but genuinely, the one thing I would say if I, if I was doing Chris being Chris being a bit of an arse is. Why would them trees light up as if it's hit metal? It looks like he's yeah. got a welding kit, an 18 welding <laughs> kit. There's no way them sparks would be coming down like that. That doesn't make physics-wise, science-wise sense. However, I agree, completely iconic, absolutely fantastic. But I, I said before, when I shot me load a bit early, I'm sorry about the way this has gone, guys. There's some proper like, childish <laughs> jokes in there going on. But um, it is, Arnie just doesn't even flinch. When he fires that first shot, he doesn't even, he just sort of looks over his shoulders to say, is that how you got? You know, and it carries on. And it, that whole thing where the jungle lights up is amazing. It's definitely an 80s iconic moment. I totally agree. But yeah, I, just watching it then, I was sniggering like a little kid and I kept replaying it. And I was like, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it, looks, it looks like something you get in a, a sex shop. But yeah, other than that, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, uh, that's his counter to the limp arrow, right? He, his- <laughs> His, he, he pops that thing out fully fully erect and just fires away. He doesn't have any end to his shots. Get like he's having his, this. He's having, he's, if, you look, if you watch the way it rains down on Arnie, though, he's almost like he's having a bukkake party with him. Anyway. Oh, Chris, I think that's the name of today's episode. <laughs> Our download right, numbers no are going to fly through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> No more, no more, I promise you, no more. Uh, and just piggybacking on my talking about this, the cinematic uh, wonder of, of this sequence, if you pause the video, I think it's about minute, or excuse me, second 54 of this minute, um, it's a really wide shot, beautifully mm-hmm. lit, the fires below, the predator standing on the log, and you see the explosion happening up um, in the tree. It's just, we get a whole bunch of really cool shots through this sequence. And uh, I just wanted to highlight that one. I've got mm-hmm. it on now. It looks amazing. It does. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. really fun way to start off this uh, confrontation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it mirrors the scene where the team is firing all their weapons, including old painless into the jungle and hitting nothing. We hit nothing. We hit nothing. <laughs> hit nothing. <laughs> but I was, I was thinking about this uh, earlier today, and not only does it mirror that, it mirrors way back when, when uh, Jim Hopper's team is taken out by the Predator. We don't see it, but Billy describes the scene as the team firing in all directions. Yeah. What happened here, Billy? Strange, Major. There was a firefight. They were shooting in all directions and yet still being killed. So this is just like turning the tables 180 degrees to where the Predator is just firing willy-nilly into different parts of the jungle, hoping to hit Dutch. Maybe I'll come across a little Dutch blood and say, well, if he bleeds, yeah. <laughs> we can kill him. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I've never really thought about it that way. You know, the, it, it mm-hmm. kind of mirrors that initial interaction mm-hmm. because I, I was just more thinking that, it flipped for me because it's like Dutch had one Hail Mary mm-hmm. and he had to hit the Predator with that arrow. He came up short. He was a little bit 
caught by stage fright. It was a bit limp and didn't really do the job. <laughs> and so, you know, and now the predator is just unleashing all kinds of hell. And how he's still in that tree is beyond me, to be quite honest. But he's lighting the whole place up. He's lighting the whole jungle up like it's a massive bloody Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I'm watching this for the first time, I'm thinking, oh, shit. You know, I thought Arnie had this. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought this was the moment when he was going to kick ass. But no, it, it, the Predator is just got him massively outgunned. And sorry, mate, but you're fucked. And no, obviously, it doesn't quite play out like that. But no, it, it sort of flipped. I, I thought it was going to be that, you know, set up montage. He's got himself all muddied up. And that would be it. He would just hunt down the predator and that would be game over. But no, we, we get this little twist. And, uh, you know, obviously, you're watching it with hindsight now. But again, I, I feel in the pit of my stomach, you know, that, that, no, it's flipping again, and and you can sort of have that sense, you know, how it feels Dutch in that tree where he's feeling like, ah, oh, shit, I fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's, yeah. there's a reason we don't take primitive weapons up against advanced technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should have brought the machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Predator is really just showing off here, right? Like, I don't think he's even really trying to hit Dutch, except for maybe that first shot. Uh, he's just, I think he's just lighting up the jungle, just showing off uh, his weapons. And it's, uh, it seems like pure intimidation to me. Could be. Yeah. Was it Troy? Um, was it the movie Troy? Where, oh, oh, was it, I'm thinking Game of Thrones where the, the lead champion kind of comes down and he's like, he just pisses all in front of... No, it's, it's Game of Thrones, isn't it? Where he, he pisses in front of um, the Khaleesi. You're thinking it's a bit like that, where it's just like yeah. Predator's yeah. just like pissing all over the jungle. He's like, look at the size of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my tree. That's my tree. Yeah. That's also yeah. my tree. <laughs> You're showered in sparks now. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, Christmas guys, point. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm really, really sorry that I've dragged it down to this infantile level, but I just, I had to go with it. It just really made me chuckle. So I'm sorry to railroad, the railroad, the podcast. Carry on. I'll try and be a bit more sensible. It was oh, 30 seconds. It's really on brand for me. So yes. <laughs> nice. <Good. laughs> Huh. Uh, John, I was going to ask you about the score here. You are the expert uh, of the the tracks on the score. Uh, Track. what are we, tracks. Track. What, are we, uh, Track. what are we hearing in this minute? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, gosh, I'll have to look up the proper name of this track right here. But we've heard this driving piece of the score before this every time the predator is chasing the team whether it was hawkins and anna anna uh, or it was dutch right before dutch goes off the 100 foot waterfall this this kind of driving score it's just an interesting choice for sure like there could be a lot of choices musically here but it's interesting that it's like this reverting back to the the chase sequence again Mm. Um, I guess in a way it's kind of like a chase of trying to find uh, his prey. Yeah, it just stood out to me as, as making a note of it because it matches those other 
pieces. And I'm not really sure why Alan Silvestri chose that. Yeah, well, we are kind of hitting the cat and mouse portion mm-hmm. of the film, right? So uh, yeah. perhaps that was the thinking there. But it's great. The, the, as, the, as we've seen in this whole film, the score really does drive the emotion of the scenes. And uh, once again, that's happening here. It's really effective. All right. Well, do we have anything else to add for this section before we start to close things out? No, no, I think I've um, totally ra- derailed the podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm very quiet now. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, you, you've touched on it plenty of times in the previous minutes, but the score is absolutely brilliant. I quite often, you know, and uh, I'll go back to put this score on. I think, you know, there's so many great, scores around this time distinctive scores you know the the predator the terminator i, I just love them and so and so you know as soon as we didn't get the iconic kind of you know that you have in your theme tune but uh oh i just love it every time i hear it i i just never get bored of it it's like the friends theme for me never get bored of it so as soon as it comes on it just invokes that reaction that emotion of like oh shit's gonna get real in a minute yeah <laughs> are we talking about friends or predator <laughs> we were on a break we were on a break yeah yeah we were on a break <laughs> more so predator but you know it can work the other way as well yeah. close group of friends yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, and this is uh, this is Chris's guy. This is Sylvester. He does all the Avengers scores. Oh yeah, good man. Yeah, good man. Now you love those Avengers movies. You know what? I, I actually, I, I just literally watched Avengers Endgame last night as well. I, uh, completely unrelated to this, obviously. And I, I think when that when uh, 2012 uh, that first Avengers movie came out, and I think everyone was like, "Yeah, it's, it's a good movie, but the score is kind of okay." And there's something about Sylvester tracks that they don't immediately grab you. Like the first time you hear them, they don't grab you, but it just gnaws away at you and it grows on you. And honestly, last night, you know, watching Endgame, I I was a blubbering mess. And most of that is down to the score, I think. You know, what's Mm. going on on the screen is is obviously emotional as well. But I think a lot of the time, what you feel is driven by the score. And I I often say, you know, with (sighs) the greatest crime, that any composer can can commit for me in a, in a movie like this is, is you just don't even notice the score or, or you don't feel any emotions and, and you certainly do in Predator and and above everything else above Arnie's iconic you know one-liners and obviously the I mean this is the most fucking masculine movie that's ever been isn't there you know I mean the handshake is there a more manly yeah. moment than that Dylan you son of a bitch. No, nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. So I, I just think, yeah, absolutely. Sylvester, uh, he's, he's an A-lister for me. I, I think he's done some great stuff. Yeah, to your point, Dave, uh, the movie has been dialogue-free uh, basically since they get to the chopper line. After that, we have He Couldn't See Me, and that was it. Like That means one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 
11 minutes in a row, no dialogue, all score and sound effects. Uh, and so I, I too appreciate Silvestri's work here. Um, John yeah. McTiernan is a huge fan of the silent movie era and foreign films, uh, especially foreign films that can convey the whole message of the movie without you having to know exactly what the characters are saying. If they can show that, if you can hear that in the score and see it in the cinematography, then uh, he believes the director is doing a wonderful job. And I think he's doing a great job here in this third act. Yeah. I mean, almost the entire rest of this movie is going to be dialogue free. I mean, we're going to get the ugly motherfucker line, mm-hmm. but is that it? Uh, uh, it's bad idea when he hits the predator with the oh, log yeah. and the predator breaks it. And then you have uh, Kevin Peter Hall's character as the helicopter pilot, saying something like, what the oh, hell, yeah. when he sees a big explosion in the distance. I think right. that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's and crazy. what the hell are you? What, I uh, mean, how many movies, movies out there have the entire last half hour of it be almost dialogue-free? You know, that's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. final act. I, I can't think of one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect marriage, isn't it? You know, you got your only one-liners and, a, you know, a silent movie and a great score. It's a perfect marriage. <laughs> yeah. all right well i think we've done uh this minute justice uh what do we think john is it time to move on to weekly recommends yeah i think it's time to move on to weekly recommends so every week we uh have some recommendations for the listeners at home whether that's a movie a book uh, a specific shoe (laughs) a food you tried uh, a bird you saw at the window it could be just about anything, you guys, uh, that tickles your fancy. So you guys being the guests, why don't you all start off? What do you have to recommend? Well, Chris, I, I, I guess it, we've we've just done, uh, we, we talked about Chuck, didn't we, uh, beforehand. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that to you. So what I'm going to recommend, I, I'm a bit of a comic geek, so I, I'm going to recommend something here. So actually Dark Horse did a load of uh, not only Predator but Alien and Terminator uh, books as well and Disney have just actually you know in the last week acquired the rights to do Alien and Predator movies obviously they'd they'd, um, bought out 20th Century Fox so it was was about to happen at some point but Marvel are going to produce some of these comics I don't think we're going to see Captain America fighting the Predator or anything like that anytime soon, but they, they're certainly going to produce some of these uh, these new storylines. But some of the older books are fantastic, and I, w- I would go back to some of those early comic books and, and sort of explore some of those. And it, it really expands on that world because you know in movies you only get a very short amount of time to tell a little bit of a story, and so you get a bit more of this explored in in the kind of background obviously in predator 2 that's when we first saw alien uh we had an alien school mounted on the wall when uh, mm-hmm. when danny glover was in the was in the spaceship there but they explore a bit more of that in the dark horse comics so i would say certainly if you've got like amazon uh, unlimited or something like that go and get some of those cheap kind of digital comics and and have a read of those Wow, awesome. Great, great tie in there. I remember as a kid watch, or reading through the original graphic novel of the first four issues of Predator with the concrete jungle storyline and just, mm-hmm. just it was it was such a such a cool read and it was just so intense as my first graphic novel and just I remember be, even even like being scared to like 
walk in the woods because of this movie and because of that graphic novel. Like <laughs> it was kind of like it was kind of like the the woods equivalent of Jaws for me. Like yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. Awesome. So me, <laughs> is, yeah. is the floor open to any suggestions? I mean, I can obviously we've talked and took the uh, mick out of Mr. Um, Chuck Norris, but we have got Mission in Action Two coming available this week on our DHS Strikes Back feed. But one of the things we are going to be reviewing, and it's just come on Netflix, must be quite a good film. It's one with Charlie Ferron called uh, Old Guard which uh, Dave has put us on to. It's based on a comic. It's literally just come out over the weekend, so I've not had a chance to watch it, but it's been reviewed pretty well um, on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and everything. And if, guys, and this is a big if, we do have a podcast called The CD Reality Cast. Chris and Dave, it's called oh. Chris and Dave's Reality Cast. The final of a show that was from the US is on this week, and it's called Labour of Love. And we review this... And basically, in episode one, they had 15 guys all meet up and they're vying for this woman who wants to have a baby. So they get the 15 guys to go in little uh, medical huts outside this mansion and give a sample to make sure they've got enough sperm to impregnate her. Um, And from there, it has gone downhill rapidly. Um, Kristen Davis is the host of Sex in the City and uh, it's an absolute bag of shit and we're on episode 8 but the final is available on Thursday over in the US and we'll be reviewing it on Friday so (laughs) a travesty of a series but we just can't stop watching it because it's utterly fake and stupid but it's supposed to be real that she wants to be impregnated by one of these guys it's nonsense but, uh, yeah. Anyway, just to bring you down even more to my <laughs> level. Are you guys sorry. Even aware of this, this, this thing that is happening on your shores? What's it called? It's Labor called of Labor Love. Of love. Uh, no, <laughs> I have not heard of it. No, it's like it's like Bachelor. Bachelor. Only you don't uh, get married at the end. You get knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> is it yeah. on uh, Netflix or uh, one of these services? No, it'd be on the, one of the. I think he's probably going to be on one of the. I don't know. Is it, uh, it's Fox, I think. I think it's on Fox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fox, Fox sounds about Fox. right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Fox. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's genuinely, we're reviewing it and it's utterly shit. But um, wow. yeah, it is Fox. it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, mm. so, so you've gone from one good um, suggestion by me to one down in the door, guys. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry, but um, you don't have to watch the other eight episodes if you don't want. The other seven episodes if you don't want. I'd, I'd suggest you probably don't, but the uh, the final is this week. So whether we get a catch-up episode and she's six months pregnant, I'm not sure, or I don't know how that's going to work, but yeah, she, she does pick one of them to uh, become the father of a child. So, uh, yeah, bizarre. Wow. Hi, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't expecting that one, were you guys? No, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you stumped them there, Chris. So, don't worry, guys. We're definitely going to have you on the VHS strikes back without a doubt. <laughs> so you can come on and just run roughshod over that and <laughs> say anything you want. We should do. Hey, you guys are too, I love it. Too. Yeah, we should. Sure. Yeah, we should do Predator too, shouldn't we? Dave's right. Yeah. We should well, do it all unless. Uh, what, what are you guys? Yeah. Uh, genuine question. So, what, what are you guys going to do? So, you're on 80, 89th minute now. You're coming towards the end, the climax. What happens after when you finish this movie? Hmm. 
Hmm, what do you think, John? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever people ask us this, usually it's, we give two different answers. Usually it's Jeff saying, uh, uh, I don't know. Like my time is so valuable. And usually it's me saying, well, maybe Predator 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if we kept going, it would probably be Predator 2. Um, yeah. This has been a really amazing, fun, fun project to be a part of. It's really John's brainchild. I just show up and make dick and fart jokes, but um, <laughs> um, it, it it is also. I mean, I don't even do any of the editing or publishing or anything. John does all of that, and it, it is a time-consuming project. I can't imagine how much time you spend on it, John. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see where I, I could see us keep going, but. Um, who knows? We it's funny, we haven't really formally talked about it, have we? No, no. We we kind of bring it up like off the cuff and it's like, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> so, so we don't well, Yeah, good question. Good question. Well what what we should do is we'll we'll get you on to the VHS strikes back for something completely different. So mm. the the main kind of essence. So so we so Chris and I we started off comics in motion. We were kind of rigid about like wanting to constrain the scope, and it was like we'll cover this stuff and we'll cover this stuff, but you know that's outside the scope. And then we started the VHS one. It's just it was just a passion project. It's just mm. to be something that just movies that we loved when we were growing up that was it that was the scope so anything and what it's evolved to be we started off with like back to the future and we've covered ghostbusters and indiana jones things like that so we've covered the the big blockbusters but then at some <laughs> point it's evolved to being like evolved you know we just try and stitch each other up so some things that i love, I love it kid, i love it Obviously, Chris will hate, and I know, and a, a film you probably won't have he- ever heard of. It's a bit of a sword and sorcery thing from 1980, an old British movie called Hawk the Slayer. Chris absolutely hates all that sword and sorcery <laughs> nonsense, even Conan the Barbarian. So what? the week before, yeah. he he'd stitched me up with a 1976 Roger Corman movie called Eat My Dust, starring Ron Howard. <laughs> And, and he's on by the way. He's hate on those shit fucking, uh, you know, car movies. So, so he stitched me up with that, and so I have to one up him then. And I think, right, I'm gonna get you, you fucker. <laughs> I'm gonna right, Hawk the Slayer it is. And so we just, so we make each other watch these terrible movies or, or movies that we love, but we know they're terrible. And so I, I'm not saying you need to come on and give us a terrible movie, but it's just, it went away from, we, we haven't covered E.T. We've not even done Back to the Future 3. We, we've not done so many of the great iconic movies from like the 80s, 90s, but we've done like fucking No Retreat, No Surrender 3, you know, with John yeah. Ford. The whole um, trilogy. You know, the, the whole, whole trilogy. trilogy, yeah. Van Damme was in the first one, wasn't he? So it's just, I think guys. that's a brilliant idea. I think it's more fun to do those kinds of movies. Absolutely. So if you have any of those movies that you love from your childhood, just we'll communicate (laughs) on email. We'll get you on. And do you guys uh, publish those? Do you guys publish those shows through your Comics in Motion feed, or is it its own separate? Uh, it's a separate RSS feed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But but what what would say is like. 
in the space of like 30 episodes we've done about 50 odd episodes of this one and it comes out weekly but I think literally in the first 30 episodes we've never covered the Bats of the Future trilogy the Godfather trilogy but we've done <laughs> no retreat no retreat surrender one two and three is three separate shows and then some of the shittest martial arts movies you've ever seen uh, excuse so, me <laughs> fucking best martial arts see, see the problem is doesn't you know, John Glad Van Damme play the bad guy in the, he in the first one he does yeah, yeah, yeah. he does yeah. But the thing is that we discovered about ourselves, we had no idea before we started this, but we said, you know, when it all started off, it's like, you like martial arts movies, I like martial arts movies, oh, we'll cover some of those as well. What we didn't realise is that I like some of the kind of 70s Hong Kong, you know, badly Mm. dubbed uh, uh, sort of Chinese cinema movies, whereas uh, Chris, you're more into the kind of the American ninja, king of the kickboxers, down, best of yeah. the best, you know, all yeah. of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm trying to palm this stuff off on Chris, and he absolutely fucking hates it. But <laughs> for me, I'm loving it. And so for part of the fun for us is. You know, when it's almost like you've got one person defending and one person like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, it's just, yeah. I think that's, it's fair to say, Chris, isn't it? You know, we, we love all of the podcasts that we do, but this one for just pure joy. It, it, it's probably our favourite, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and I know we've segued up, but the last thing I'm going to say, guys, is the pure joy I get is when we were watching Eat My Dust, which is available on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it to your heart's content. I don't know you, you'd have to take a lot of, I'm, I'm take a lot of uh, alcohol when Roger you watch Coleman. it. <laughs> He's fucking Nonsense. terrible. I mean, Ron Howard was in full Richie Cunningham at this point. He was in Happy Days. He was at the high, peak of his, his powers. However, he's, it's when... I know the film's absolute shit, karate movie, whatever it is, and Dave then texts me. And once I know he's watching it, I have 90 minutes looking at the clock, smiling to myself. I am texting him going, what bit are you up to, mate? And he's like, fuck off, this is shit, and I know he's got to watch it. And that is where they get the most enjoyment. And everyone who listens said to that, they say, what fucking movie are you going to stick to each other up? But Dave said it was supposed to be blockbusters. It was supposed to be like The Godfather, E.T., all these fucking... In iconic movies, you all loved as kids, and it's like fucking no. We just, I've got some, I've got like Invasion USA, Chuck Norris to come yet. I've got King of the Kickboxers one and two. Mm. We've got, I've got some, I've got Angel Town I found now, which is a terrible 1991 karate film that I've been looking for for years because it is so bad. I've got all sorts up my sleeve for Dave. I can't wait, honestly. Have you guys done uh, Ninja Three: The Domination? Oh no, not but we yet, are now. Not, not <laughs> Shit. That that movie is brilliantly bonkers. I love it so much. Oh, you'll have to come and do that one. You've got to oh. come and do it now. You said it. Dave's gonna hate it. <laughs> Dave's gonna hate it. It's, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense, but it's so much fun. You know what? I, I, I'll just throw out a few others. So I mean we we have done again, Chris has just mentioned some of the ones we haven't done. We have covered Jim Carter. we have covered Sylvester Stallone's Over the Top we have covered the 1979 uh, Snake in the Monkey's Shadow favourite of Quentin Tarantino I must say Mm. so yeah we've we've covered some absolute fucking turkeys haven't we Chris (laughs) (laughs) it's all about and then and then guys just just, I will show and then what makes it worse is I avoided Hellraiser 
my whole life because I was mm. petrified of that front cover. I hate horror movies. And mm-hmm. then when we reviewed it, all it was was a fucking English soft fucking porn, fluffer music, a film. Yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> fucking the, the brother, was, the brother who was alive was fluffing up for the fucking weird old <laughs> one who was dead. He was terrible. <laughs> fucking awful movie. I've avoided that so much. It was not why I expected. with the fluffing. <laughs> the last fucking two weeks right guys it, it, we, we did fucking Dark Knight Rises last week and he just oh. said Batman was, in Justice League Batman was basically a fluffer for Superman for <laughs> 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 sake <laughs> I don't need that image <laughs> he is though he's Batflex fucking rubbish but anyway sorry just got an image of Batman going rub your pants <laughs> <laughs> where is he Dark is about to rise He's been hey, he's been fucking practicing. That's better than when he was on the show. Let me press. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah. So recommendations. So they, uh, somewhere in there was some recommendations. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We were doing recommends. <laughs> Oh, I love the band. Oh, oh you adopted the fluffing. Yeah. I, I was born into it. <laughs> oh, you stepped on my recommend. I was literally going to recommend your guys' um, recent review of The Dark Knight Races. I just love how you're going at odds during the review. It was so fun, along with just the unrestrained. You're like, uh, F it, we're just going to do Bane impressions the whole time. Normally we limit these things. <laughs> just go for it. I think I got one good one at the end. Oh, my mind sounds terrible. I said one of them sounds like fucking Dr. Evil. Of he goes, one million pounds. It's like, nothing like Bane. And he had a cup there with trying to talk into the cup. <laughs> that, that's the key with Bane. You've got, you've got to talk into the cup. But, uh... Yeah, the cup. Mm. But you know when, when we did the Dark Knight right about six seven months ago, I was sat in my garden with a mug and an app I'd bought off the, uh, Apple iTunes, a Bane impressions one, trying to do the impressions, and I was trying to record them. So when we did them, I was going to play the recording one today for it was me. And my wife came out and went, "What the fuck are you doing?" Reciting <laughs> these lines in the garden, and it sounded nothing like him. It sounded like fucking C three PO. It's just sounded nothing like Bane. It's terrible. <laughs> No, Dave, Dave. Dave has a really good impression. I really like his too. It's, yeah, yeah. He do, he yeah. Do. The cup. That's, that's a that's a good tip, Dave. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, but can you can you do the um, bail? You've got to do the bail, Batman boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think my favorite of that is where Catwoman leaves she jumps off the roof and he's by himself and he's still he's still talking to himself in the voice he's like yeah. so that's what it feels like yeah. <laughs> you're by yourself who's <laughs> <laughs> that for I never noticed that you're right so, so I actually so, so someone came back to us on this and a lot of the guys who, who uh, produce shows for Comics in Motion, they, they, they've got strong ties to DC Comics News as well. Right, and so right. all really into that kind of world. And, you know, we're kind of more promiscuous with our comic book, you know, affiliations. I see, Chris, you're probably a little bit more 
uh, on the DC side, I'm a bit more Superman, yeah. Batman. I, I'm probably more, I lean more to the Marvel side. But, but we're, we're in and around the middle. But I did a, get an explanation, and that was like Bruce Wayne is the kind of uh, alter ego. And so he mm. identifies himself more as Batman. So even if he's right. on his own, he's Batman. <laughs> that, oh, that, was, that was what I was told. I, I'm not sure I buy it, but, you know, because, again, I, I still think, you know, Chris, you say Chris uh, Bell is the best Batman, don't you? I still respectfully disagree. But um, I think that Nolan trilogy is fantastic. Apart from the voice, <laughs> it's just—it's just ridiculous for me. So it, it goes way above and beyond uh, any kind of normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. I—I I was gonna recommend a, uh, a horror movie I saw recently, but I think I'm just gonna go ahead and recommend Ninja Three: The Domination. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know we're gonna end up yeah. doing that shit. Yeah, uh, I'd like you throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to read you the um, the first sentence of the plot summary on Wikipedia here. Um, Christy Ryder, a telephone line woman and aerobics instructor, is possessed by the evil spirit of a fallen ninja warrior, Hanjuro, when coming to his aid. The spirit uses her body to carry out his revenge on the police officers who killed him. Oh, yes. Yeah. This is it. This is the one. You can't be throwing that shit out, and you're going to have to fucking come on and do it with us. So you can't just throw shit out like that, and then we do it on our own. What about Paul John? He's got no choice. He's going to have to watch it. Yeah, no, he has to watch it. This movie opens up with like a 20 minute action sequence on a golf course of a ninja. Oh, yes. Just fucking killing like tens upon tens of people indiscriminately um it's, it's really great <laughs> none of it makes much uh, uh sense in terms of plot but um you just so watch this sort of movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, i'm on it i am on that Dave, get the diary out after this and get this sorted oh, this well, we will <laughs> oh it's yeah it's a date it's totally it's it's a date nice <laughs> nice <laughs> i'm bringing impressions over <laughs> <laughs> I'll have, I'll have a, nothing to do with the episode we'll just have a bane off when we're in there <laughs> <laughs> put it to the public vote <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all up for it if you are but um i i think we kind of shuffled through our recommendations guys where can we uh where can we hear more of you on the regular uh, on um, twitter if, if you want to contact us or follow us uh, at comics emotion p uh, it's the comics emotion podcast um on all uh, podcast catching apps and uh yeah we're available everywhere obviously we've said about the vhs strikes back and you guys are going to do his homework, labor love this week, and which work out which reality person is going to impregnate this woman as well. So that's from our Chris and Dave's reality cast podcast as well. So we're everywhere, unfortunately. <laughs> did you did you guys say you have a Patreon? Did I hear that right earlier? Yeah. So at the moment, we're trying to build up the Comics in Motion podcast. So we're trying to get out daily content for that. At the minute, all of that is free. Um, and we, we're hoping to grow the audience and we'll we'll figure out something with advertising. For the VHS Strikes Back, we do have a Patreon as well. So patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back. Um, we do have some people on there and 
you got various different levels. So right from uh, a pound or, you know, roughly a dollar at the minute, which is just supporting the show. And then you go through the different levels. You get executive producer where we'll call you out. Uh, you go up to producer where, you know, you can choose a show for us to, to review and uh, right up to the McFly, <laughs> which we, <laughs> I think we mentioned pre-show, didn't we? Which is about £10,000, which is, you know, you'll fly me and Chris and yourself out to uh, Las Vegas and we'll record from there. And by God, we are still going to keep keep plugging that because you never know. You never you know never that know. there might be some uh, sugar daddy of some sort that is going to do that. So <laughs> we might have someone who stumbles across our podcast who has just got more money than sense and Uh-oh. fancies uh you know flying us out will review what fucking ever you want to review <laughs> i will even do chris i will even do king of the kickboxes too and we'll review that one and then uh record it live from vegas <laughs> oh man i'm scrolling through your vhs strikes back feed right now and you guys have done yeah. some amazing films here i can't wait to get th- to these uh, one of my favorite horror movies from dust till dawn is on there oh i love it oh, i love classic. that movie. yeah yeah it's so a classic. anyone out there check check that out I, I just found a whole string of podcasts to binge so uh that's awesome i can't wait nice thanks guys yeah thank uh. you so much for coming on you guys this has been a real treat um and it was really really fun for us um so we really appreciate it yeah um, honestly thank you so much guys we've wanted to come on for ages and i'll tell you what it's been such a fucking laugh i know i swear a lot but genuinely i have had so much fun we definitely have to do this again and when when you bring out predator 2 in danny glover's sweat patches i am on for that minute so get me on okay for this shit i'm too old for this shit I could do a whole episode on his pleated khakis in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's sweaty out in them pants, yeah. <laughs> it's rather hot. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's been brilliant, guys. Thanks ever so much for having us on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, just appreciate the heck out of you guys coming on. Just, It's funny because I'm such a fanboy of your podcast. It's funny to have you guys on and just just joke around like uh, some of the guys. So it's been uh, just, just a blast. Thank you so much. Uh, no problem. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Cause like, you know, listen to you guys as well. And it's weird when you connect as podcasters, because sometimes you sort of switch off because you're listening to the person that you've been listening to for ages and yeah, you realize exactly. I'm actually speaking to them. <laughs> you know, I'm not just <laughs> listening to the podcast. So. Right. No, yeah. it's been so much fun guys. Really enjoyed it. Absolutely loved it. All right. So uh, Jeff, where can people find you? Oh, no one cares about me, but uh, <laughs> okay. I'm, on the, I'm on the Twitter. <laughs> you can find me there. Uh, Carl underscore Hungus 314. Come follow me on Twitter. My name is Carl been expert. John, where can we find all things Predator Minute? Oh, the Predator Minute. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> on, Predator uh, Minute. on Twitter. <laughs> uh, at Predator Minute. Uh, at Twitter, you can email the show predatorminute at gmail.com, or you can always join the Facebook discussion group, the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. <laughs>
Target the center of the plopper. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're going to go around the house now all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, my backyard practically. <laughs> yeah, ready right. for the bane off. We're doing the bane off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forget Ninja 3. Let's just bane it off. Yeah. All right. uh, so for all things Predator Minute, Minute 89, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. I'm Dave Horrocks. And I'm Chris Phelps. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> stick around. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Yeah, and then we'll do the normal, like, yeah, promote your... Promote your podcast network now, it seems like, uh, at the end, of course. <laughs> yeah, we've got that many, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just really impressive how you guys have really expanded Comics in Motion since, what, I think February is when you started uh, expanding? Yeah, I mean, obviously, before we get into it all, I mean, I think we initially connected, didn't we, through Comics in Motion, but I think, yeah. to be honest, our, our kind of... Our passion project is the VHS Strikes Back project. I don't know if you mm. guys have heard that at all, but that kind yeah. of spun out of the Comics in Motion podcast because, you know, again, I'm assuming you guys are in and around the same age as us. And, and when we talked about the old movies, it was clear we just had an absolute passion for it. And there was less preparation work. There was more passion. There was just everything a little bit more. And so we've treated Comics in Motion more as a kind of pet project. So we've got almost a daily show at the moment. Yeah. We brought in all these other different creators. And and this was kind of, oh, we've got so many pods. We're podcast junkies, to be quite honest. So <laughs> we, we saw from a different podcast, which was based on a reality show, uh, called um, called Love Island, which is, uh, I'll blame Chris for that, but <laughs> we noticed that if we put out daily podcasts, we were always in the iTunes charts mm. just by pushing out that regular content. And we thought, well, you can't do that for a movie or something like that. You, you just cannot do it, the amount of prep, the amount of mm. editing and everything. But if you had other creators, but... In order to do that, the creators kind of have to own it as well. You know, they have mm-hmm. to have it as a passion project as well. And so we've got such a great group of guys, and they're they're pushing out these different shows at the minute. So, I mean, I, I don't want to get all socialist, but kind of Comics in Motion now is a bit of a socialist network, you know, where <laughs> it's not actually just me and Chris. There's loads of different guys, and we've got uh, different links to other people as well. But... I mean, to be honest, the VHS Strikes Back is where we go back and we do our terrible Arnie impressions and <laughs> we, we indulge in a bit of Sylvester Stallone as well. We've done yes. a bit of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Coming out this week, we've got um, Chuck Norris. That's our first Chuck Norris movie. And to be honest, oh, yeah. it's fucking horrendous. But, you know, everyone seems to love him, but <laughs> it's terrible. movie did you do? <laughs> we did Missing in Action too. You know, the oh, whole rat oh. in a bag scene. We, we, we had to do that one so and it's a dead rat rat, wasn't it a real rat a real rat but it's fucking terrible the whole movie and everyone loves it but we don't get it so we slate that guy has no emotion in anything he does oh he's terrible isn't he honestly guys with, with no irony at all i mean is it just 
the whole Chuck Norris thing, you know, uh, Chuck Norris, you know, met coronavirus and then coronavirus yes, had, right, to, right. had to uh, isolate <laughs> for 14 days. Yeah. You know? So is that, <laughs> it, it, does everyone do that in irony? Because I can't tell if they're serious or not. <laughs> I'm imagining it's ironic. I think it's it got is. to be. He's the cause... most unlikely action hero. Like, oh, he's yeah, terrible. He's good at martial arts, but he's a horrible actor. He's got no charisma. <laughs> he's <laughs> such a statue on screen. I don't understand. It. <laughs> well, even even his martial arts, right? I I can believe that he can kick the ass of Jean Claude Van Damme and Bruce Lee and all, all of those because he's he's actually been there in the ring. But he just right. looks so terrible on screen. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, it's one of those I just don't get it. So, guys, you put my, my mind at rest because we, we were struggling, weren't we, last week, Chris? Because we were like, me, yeah. this is shit. He can't act. <laughs> the fight the fight scenes are terrible. Missing yeah. in action two goes about an hour of him just being tortured before anything happens. <laughs> it's terrible. I think, so, yeah. is that, so I think it's the Mission in Action movies. I might have this wrong, but are, was that a canon movie? Oh, yeah, it was canon. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so yep, yep. I think, I think Mission in a- Missing in Action 2 was actually filmed first and was supposed to be the first That's movie. right. But it is was that terrible. Right? Yeah, so, and so they made another they one. the power on first. <laughs> just to stop in. Yeah, just like fuck yeah. it, switch the order. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll release the second one as a prequel because it's shit. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> so funny. So I mean, they sucked us all in. It's not like a Back to the Future two and three where they, oh, the Matrix. I mean, I know they were shit reloading right. and stuff, but um, right. it's they've, they've just solely done it. But I agree with Dave. I love Chuck Norris as a kid, but watching him now, it's like he's fucking terrible. He just he's just <laughs> awful. The worst bad guy, the worst leading man ever, and he's just. The poor man's John Rambo. I mean, James Braddock. They couldn't get it any closer, I think. No, he's not dead. He's not dead. Oh, it's terrible. And the whole pretense of the movie is the fact that he won't admit to his war crimes like this random colonel in the middle of the fucking Vietnamese jungle. He's going to make a difference and he won't admit it. So his whole crew just get decimated and killed one by one because he's been a stubborn bastard. Oh, Chris, but what about, when, what about when the guy Yin is saying like, your wife is about to get remarried. Well, I hope she's happy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, you know. Sorry, I know we've gone on a segue, but I'll tell you what: the, the Yin, the guy who runs the thingy guys, he runs like this concentration camp. He somehow intercepts James Braddock's wife's letter to him, so she's obviously sent a letter care of the Vietnamese jungle. Because how he found this fucking letter through the mail, I do not know. And then subsequently burns it in front of him, and we were like, I was like, how? Is that even fucking possible? How is that you can intercept this letter? It's it's fucking terrible. It really yeah, is. The jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so guys, sorry, obviously, that, aren't we? sorry. You, you can probably tell that you know we just love talking about this stuff. So so yeah, honestly, if we oh, start yeah. to go on from the tangent, just just fucking tell us to shut up and, and we'll oh. get back on target. Uh, we use the we we use predator as a as a backbone for the show but me john and i will go off on whatever at, at any given moment so don't worry about that mm-hmm. Let's do no it. Okay, nice one. 
Yeah, I noticed I'm looking at the Wikipedia. It says missing in action to the beginning. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> why not just make that the first one? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the way they kind of promote it is, oh, we, we realized that the second one was so much better than the first one. No, no. The second one was just shit. And then you just decided you need to loot people in on the first one. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. <laughs>